At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator, it's the Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor, and with me tonight is Adriana Chobot. Did I get that name right? It's pretty close. <laughs> it's actually me. Andriana Chobot. Andriana Chobot. Yeah, there Chobot. you go. Yeah. All right, Andriana. Yeah. <laughs> um, Welcome to Big Heavy World, Thank you. the rocket shop. How's it going? Thank you. Your new place is awesome. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm assuming you saw the old place. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way back in Burlington College. This is great. This a vast improvement. The yeah. fact that we can fit more than three people in this room. No kidding. Makes life far easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you brought in uh, what looks to be a seven foot long piano with you as well. Pretty much. My stiff as a board baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, a nice little Korg vintage stage piano. I, I it, it it looks lovely, Love her. and I'm, just, I'm happy that you could actually bring it into this space. Yeah, it's me the too. Last, last place you probably would have had to have oh, hang out the door. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's advantage already. It's lovely to be here, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's good to have you on. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get straight into it. Um, so, I uh, I hear you play uh, piano pop. That's, yeah. that's a genre that I've I've been informed you play. Um, are you, would you be agree with that genre or label? Do you do you even are you one of these people like I'm not a label kind of person? <laughs> well, I do like that, but I mean, to those who don't know my music, I guess that's a legit kind of an intro. Um, I I am centered in I I want at least people to to know that I am centered in kind of a jazz um, type of background. I I am primarily a classical pianist, but I veered off and kind of be, became my own um, thing. So honestly, if if someone called me piano pop, then, you know, I'll take it. I'll take you, it. You'd be all right with that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, and um, you had an album come out in 2014 called yeah. Cascade. Yes. Uh, so uh, tell me a little bit about Cascade and uh, how it was received and, and what you've been up to in the uh, in three years since. Sure. Um, I recorded it way back then, um, actually in Nova Scotia. One of my college buddies took on audio engineering really, really seriously and went to school. And he was like, hey, I have this summer. I want some experience. Andriana, come down and we will record an actual album um, for free. Nice. And I was like, um, free studio time. Yes, please sign me up. That isn't, you know, some, some person's, you know, basement. Absolutely. And I took advantage. And the, the premise of that album was trying to kind of amalgamate all of my, my songs to that moment um, that I felt as though could be together on, on an album, which is actually quite tricky. You never really think about it. You write these these songs kind of, you know, as a singer-songwriter or as just an artist, and you don't really realize until later, oh, shoot, I actually have to put this in an album kind of mm -hmm. format. So it was it was nice, and our, our kind of our uh, premise was to record something without um, guitar. 
because you hear guitar ne- guitars nowadays on, on everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that was our premise, and so we used pretty much every single electronic keyboard we could, and drums, and organ, and a real Wurlitzer, and yeah, it was nice. It was a great experience, yeah. And uh, just out of interest, uh, you said your friend uh, was up in Nova Scotia, and you got very much into audio engineering. Yeah. Uh, were you ready to record an album at that point or was it like this mm-hmm. this opportunity is too good to give up and I'm just gonna have to throw something together well I was always thinking about it I had a demo album beforehand that that guy Sean Bisson um kind of headed as well and I I was always looking for that kind of opportunity and um ready perhaps not completely as far as like a concept album or anything intense like that but it was really, that's why, that's why we called it an EP, you know? It was like not a full studio album, but something to at least have as a time marker. Um, and so, yeah, for a time marker and an EP, yes, I, I definitely was ready then. Yeah, okay. I think so. Um, well, let's, uh, let's see your first song for the evening. I feel that we, mm-hmm. I, I always get into a conversation and uh, <laughs> it's always a little bit abstract before someone actually plays a song. So, oh, okay. so take it away. Um, sure. What are you playing first? Um, I am going to play a song called Dig Him. Um, okay. You yeah. want to give a little background to the track? Uh. You know what? After a sip of water, I think I think you guys can even just mull it over and, and see maybe what dig him means or something. <laughs> think on the title. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try and interpret it to the best of my ability. All right. Adriana Chobot <laughs> with Dig Him. Thanks. Thank you. 
He's alone and it's all turning And his thoughts are all tied up He comes around and he takes it in And then I can hardly find him Don't take away from a place that you're in Keep telling him, never mind, it's never him All in all, thick and thin On and on and line up Dig him on and on and line up Dig him on and on and line up Dig him, him If you're having trouble with Dig Him. So was that, was that a, a song from your first EP? This was actually a really, really recent song. Um, kind of the newer ones that uh, the two guys that I usually play with, drummer and a, and a bassist, um, they usually really like kind of jamming out to that one. Um, kind of a 90s vibe. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have a bit of a jam influence when you play that you kind of like start a song off and 24 minutes later you're you're finishing it off <laughs> pretty much it seems sometimes i mean well it, it it really depends i think some songs come a little bit more naturally and kind of have that vibe when you start you know that's a little bit more i don't know less cerebral um and you can kind of jam along with them um, and kind of accept for what it is and, you know, not add flourishes and, and, and things like that. Um, whereas other songs kind of like Cascade were a little bit more well thought out and multiple days kind of returns and I hate the second chorus I need to, or the second verse, I need to come back to this completely in a week, you know, mm. it, it really depends. Yeah. Um, and do you, uh, talking of kind of, uh, and jam and influences, do we, are you influenced by the kind of Burlington scene to kind of include jam or kind of a jam element into your songs? Hmm. And, um, and a second part to that question, what other influences do you, do you have that affect your singing and songwriting? Yeah, um, that's, that's actually, it, it's, I, I moved to Vermont, you know, about 15 years ago and I definitely noticed, um, you know, kind of this, this longing and kind of this nostalgia around um, kind of jam bands. Um, it's kind of obvious, uh, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's its definitely there. And I think a lot of the newer bands who are coming out in some way are are almost obliged to be attached to that. Um, and I, I don't i don't say no to it, obviously. Um, but again, I play with two jazz musicians. They love jamming, they love improvising. And it's its a great way of actually kind of discovering something new. So I, I yeah, jam band's awesome. <laughs> ultimately isn't jazz the original jam music? Kinda, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Miles Davis, he could jam forever. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'd say the Grateful Dead were uh, channeling, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so what other influences would you say affect your singing and songwriting? Um, Well, I think a lot of 
singer-songwriters who did start in classical um, influenced me a lot. Um, recently, it's been musical theater, which is kind of strange, uh, a strange kind of a discovery. Um, but I, I, I suppose after a certain while, once you kind of want to delve into songwriting and, and being an artist and uh, you know finding real meaning with, with songs, you kind of can glance at people like Irving Berlin and, and, um, and like Rodgers and Hammerstein and being like, oh, that is so simple, that's so succinct, that's to the point, that's you know, delivering a message so clearly that you can reach so many people with that in a different way. Mm -hmm. it's, it's great, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and you, uh, you were into theatre, if, mm -hmm. if I read your bio correctly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> So is, is, is delving into musical theatre uh, and writing like uh, songs that kind of influenced by musical theatre, is that you bridging the gap between your two passions? I think so, yeah. I mean, I, when I was into classical, I always loved the romantics, you know, the, the more emotional type of um, based composers like Chopin. Um, and so directly when you look at, you know, musical theater, it's theater, it's drama. So I suppose that's where I kind of draw as well, you know, that, that drama, that emotion, um, that can come out because of music, you know. Have you, have you um, penned any particular songs that are, are pen for any um, particular stories. Like, do, do, you, do you watch like a Netflix show and go, you know what, <laughs> I've actually got the perfect song for this Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> actually, um, one, of my, one of my influences, Regina Spector, she wrote Fidelity because she was watching High Fidelity. Um, I think I had some moments, um, actually with my next two, Not I, um, I was watching Amelie a lot, and it's a very sincere, kind of very visual-based uh, kind of movie that is basically literally all about love. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I definitely took a month to kind of absorb that movie in, and I think that's the reason why I wrote Not I. I'm not 100% sure anymore, but um, I think it definitely had some effect. Okay, um, well, I'm yeah. very curious to hear yeah. this song now, so <laughs> please take it away. Awesome. Stop loving you. 
listen till they'll need everything from the words you push on through and everyone from above is worth it too do they dare compare this recent version of ended unexpectedly for me <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize it was coming I thought it was, it, it was gonna be a little bit more there um that was that was, that was lovely and I Thanks. definitely can see where you channeled uh Amelie from Thank there you. which by the way uh, absolutely phenomenal movie I uh, know right I actually probably gonna go back and watch that again <laughs> It's a beautiful it's, movie. Oh my goodness! It's been a few years now, and I feel I need the the update again. Every few Actually, years, I think I have to plug myself back it's, into that. It's kind of true, and and they just came out with a musical um, based on the story, oh, the film, did. the actual have film. They, have they yeah. got your song in it? Did you send it over? <laughs> no. <laughs> Guys, I saw you're going to make a musical. Just did this whole thing. For Maybe you. someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've been playing uh, music from. <laughs> Playing piano since you were four years old, yeah, um, and writing music since you were in high school, yeah. Uh, so, so you, um, you don't look too much look too much further out of high school, <laughs> many years out of high school, but that's still quite a long time, especially uh, playing piano since you were yeah. four. Yeah. Um, how has your music changed from when you started writing in high school to mm. now, and uh, specifically, actually, how has it changed from Cascade in 2014 to to now? Oh well. At least my first few songs, um, they were very simple and I didn't have much patience and I feel a lot of singer-songwriters or just artists in general, they take their first work and they get frustrated and then they kind of set it aside. Um, Which is funny because my first song was called Starving Artist and it was kind of a strange crowd pleaser. People really liked it for some reason. And um, I mean, it touched topics in a very fun way about, you know, like, um, you know, I'll never live a life in luxury until I'm dead, you know, things like that, that, you know, people that I went to school with really, you know, attached themselves to since they're being going to be paying for college, you know, until their 40s, but, you know. Was there many starving artists in your Uh, high school? uh, You know, uh, it was a concern, at least. Was it it more of the sentiment of the the song? I think so, yeah, yeah. And um, for me, it's kind of developed into, I suppose, more real life that isn't all about art, you know, like... um, Cascade, actually, it's a perfect example. Um, I mean, it's about me kind of dealing with... I was listening to a lot of Bob Dylan, and um, 
which is great. Uh, that man is fantastic. Literally listening to him on the way here. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a great omen, actually. Um, and he he kind of just says everything, it, like just says everything straight up. Um, every point of his life is covered pretty much in his, you know, his discography. And I really wanted to kind of like absorb as much as I could from him and like just create a song that was as honest and just where I was at at that, at that moment in time and where the world was at according to me in that moment of time. Um, and it just kind of happened. And um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> so, so that was Cascade. So yeah. you were like, you know, trying to absorb everything around you and where you were and where you felt uh, mm -hmm. your world was. Mm -hmm. um, and and how about now? You've been, as I said, that's been about three years ago. And from the sounds of it, you've you've been writing since then. So yeah, how sure. has your how's your writing changed since since Cascade? Um, I think it's more geared towards my band. Um, I kind of want to write a song that they can kind of sink their teeth into that's not too, too complicated um, and, you know, not too cerebral, but they can be like, yeah, that was, that was a sick groove, you know, like mm -hmm. that lick, I can expand on that. Oh, mm -hmm. that part, I can do something with that. And if they can find a rhythm and if they can like really, really kind of be with me in that moment, then I, I, I feel as though that is a good song to kind of keep playing. And I've, I've also kind of um, figured out that a lot of songs that I might be personally attached to might not even work in a band setting. And so I've been able to kind of drop songs as well on the way, be like, all right, this is a solo song. They're not picking it up. I'm not going to be offended. But maybe there's a reason why they don't like it. You know, maybe that there's, there's the lyrics aren't, you know, catchy or, or maybe the chord progression is just overdone or something so yeah so you kind of uh, evolved from um very from writing and i mean no disrespect by this writing quite selfishly mm -hmm. and from your own particular perspective to, oh, yeah. to writing in with others in mind in order to kind of uh how to put this um in in order to to gain something more for your music Oh, in order yeah. to kind of push it to a new heights. Yes. You've kind of started writing um, with collaboration in mind. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of classical artists or, or singer-songwriters can be trapped in that kind of a, a head bubble um, or kind of this constricted view of, of the people around them. And I, I mean, I, I went to college and kind of found out, oh my gosh, there are all these people around me. Why can't I use, utilize them properly? And I'm so glad that that, that kid, uh, Sean Bisson, came up to me and was like, let's do something instead mm -hmm. of me, you know, in a practice room, confined, just being like, all right, I just got to work on this. You know, mm -hmm. I just got to get this perfect. There's so much more to music than that. Absolutely. That's for real, yeah. Um, and as... Um I understand that you're going back into the studio soon. So tell yes. me a little bit about that. How's that like going? Yeah, I'm hoping if I can save enough money because I'm, I'm, I, I really like, you know, putting my own kind of time and money into these kind of projects um, to just like maybe in the fall um, go into an actual studio and, and record something. Um, I don't know which studio yet, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking and, I've, I've had, you know, some of these moments where I'm like, 
oh, I'm writing the song for an album now. So I'm, I'm piece by piece kind of gradually collecting and yeah, I think, I think I'm hopefully ready for that next step. Have you got, have you got all the songs together already? Is it all kind of in place or is it uh, still very much work in progress? Yeah, I think it's a work in progress. Um, I mean, Cascade was added literally the day, um, the week before I had written it and then I added it and recorded it just like the day before I decided, no, this is, this is going to go in and it became the title track. So I'm, I'm still open-minded, but I'm, I'm starting to collect, which is a very cool thing to experience. <laughs> yeah. You know, lo- looking forward and, uh, and definitely having like that kind of goal in mind, which yeah. is very exciting. Yeah. And, um, how about tour dates and uh, where you're playing, what yes. you're doing in the moment. Tell me a little bit about the, the you know, uh, Andrena Showbot at the moment. <laughs> um, where can people see you? Yeah. Um, actually, this Friday at Red Square, I usually have, you know, a, a stable gig with them, you know, every month or so. Um, so the 4th, at 4 to 6, I always play Happy Hour, which is such a strange time, but such the perfect time to actually experiment with music. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there are magical things that happen off the cuff, and it happens at Happy Hour at Red Square. <laughs> um, and then I have... Well, we call it Happy Hour. <laughs> I suppose so. Um, and uh, Thursday, August 10th is my Skinny Pancake gig. That's at 7... Th- or Yeah, 7.30. Um, and both gigs, I have my trio. I have Pat Markley on bass. He's mm-hmm. a solid dude. He plays in so many bands. And then Cody Sargent um, on drums. He's, again, solid guy, solid musician, and he just knows how to, actually both of them, really know how to add to my music instead of kind of work against it. They, mm-hmm. they really, really absorb it. They, they understand it, and that's the beauty of jazz musicians, honestly. Mm-hmm. I... Whew, appreciation with those guys. They know their stuff and they're able to definitely highlight things. Do you guys ever, I mean, I know you kind of jam out sometimes, yeah. but do you guys ever like really just throw yourself into like a, just have a jazz recording one night? You know, you're oh. just going to play purely piano, one person purely on bass, the other person just on drums and let's Pure just jazz. go on Miles Davis with this. Uh, I wish I could be in the hot seat, but unfortunately I don't feel as though... I, I have severe reservations about that. Um, I'm, I'm not one of those people who, you know, studies my um, jazz book, you know, my real book. And, you know, like all the time I, I, I occasionally open it and I'm like, oh, I know my favorite things. Let's play it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm one of those casual jazz kids who just like more of an appreciator, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could probably go at it. Yeah. That's for sure. And they sometimes do, I suppose, with the whole jamming aspect of it. Yes. Oh, definitely. Kind of similar anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've got about time for one more track. So yeah. if you'd like to introduce it, maybe sure. say a few words about it. Yeah. This, this one is actually one of those tracks that I had a band in mind for, and um, it's called Another Day. Um, I was working at IBM not too long ago. My first real job. Um, my first real job also entailed 12 hours a day of work. Very intense. So, you know, right after the college high, this intense kind of reality set in, and it was very, very hard work. People were there, there were lovely, but, you know, it was that first big job, and this song definitely kind of mirrored what I was feeling. All right. Well, take it away. Thanks. (laughs) 
Hey, 
a beautiful song to leave it on. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Adriana. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, and once again, uh, you're, you're playing at Red Square on yeah. Friday, 4 to this 6. Friday, yeah. Go along. It's happy hour, so cheap drinks, and apparently that's when the magic happens. Yes. So go check her out. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Um, coming up next, we've got uh, the boys from My Mother's Moustache uh, coming in. Uh, so don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few minutes. <laughs> 